Well, hello there. Hi, Walnut Hill family. I'm so glad that you're here. And for those of you who are joining us in New Milford, in Waterbury, in Derby, and online, I am so glad that you've chosen to join us for worship today. And if you don't know me, I'm Crystal Ellington. I'm the online campus pastor, and I'm joined by my friend, <laughs> Pastor Lynn Bauman. She's the pastor of women here at Walnut Hill. And I think I can speak for both of us when I say we are really honored to be here to share the word of God with you today. And we are continuing in this sermon series called Good Question, where we're thinking about these questions that are foundational to our life in faith. And today, we're going to answer a really easy question, right? <laughs> yes. Why love? And, and you know, we're family here, right? So I think we can be honest with you. This has been a little bit difficult, and not because there's nothing to say about it. The Bible is packed with things to say about love, but our question was, which way do we go with it? That's right. There were so many, so many different ways that we could go with it, and we really, in all honesty, we kind of struggled with it, too. We wrestled um, back and forth because there were so many different things um, different areas that we could, we could touch on. But I think it's fair to say that we both find ourselves in a season where loving like Jesus loves others has been a bit challenging, yeah. right? So we're not here um, because we've arrived <laughs> and we've got it all together. We're in that journey with you and it's only by the grace and mercy of God that, that we're here and, um, and have what we wanna share with, with you today. Amen, so let's just turn, let's turn to the word of God. We're gonna be in John chapter 13. And just to give you a little bit of background as to where we are, this is the Last Supper. Jesus has just washed his disciples' feet. He's just told them he will be betrayed. Judas has just left. And then Jesus says these words in verses 34 and 35 of John chapter 13. He says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So now, Lynn, help us. <laughs> help us to know why, why should we love? How did I get this part of it? <laughs> you know what? I like to give you the hard things. You can do it. So let's give some framework um, to that a bit. Because when Crystal, like we said, we really... It feels like we've been talking about this for forever. Yes. I know it hasn't been, but it feels like it has been. Um, two of the things that really stood out to us in that passage of scripture was one, that this was a new commandment, right? right? So we're gonna touch on that. And the other thing was the words that Jesus says, just as I have loved you, Amen. right? So those are the two things that really stood out to us. And so we realized that encountering the love of God enables us to love as he loves. And that's kind of like what we're gonna be talking about today. So why love? <laughs> Very simply put, Jesus told us to. <laughs> he commanded us to, it's a command. We find in John 15, 12, it says, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. So this word command is an instruction it's in order, and we, we don't really have a choice, but I guess we kind of do. But if we really want to live in the fullness of God, encountering his love is what makes the difference because then we operate out of that love. Right, right. And I believe that that's what marks us as followers of Jesus, as people of the way, as Brian's talked about before. And it says it right there in our scripture, it says, your love for one another will prove, will demonstrate, will be a witness to the world. That's a heavy calling, right? <laughs> right? Um, 
So that's what our scripture tells us. We're instructed to love others as Jesus has loved us. And when we extend the love we've received from God to others, it puts Jesus on display. Our love for one another shows the world that who Jesus is and, and that we belong to him. Hopefully, people see something different. Yeah in us when we're loving like Jesus. So our hope and prayer for this time this morning is that we'll walk away with a better understanding of the love of God and we're boldly believing for a fresh revelation of God's love for each and every one of us. Amen. So Crystal, why else should we love? Back to you. <laughs> Thanks. So besides us showing the world who Jesus is as we love, this part of loving is really what is part of our call as family together, as the body of Christ. As Christ followers, we are called to love one another. Mm -hmm. Love is the main part of who we are to one another. And we can see this in some letters to the early church in the New Testament. If there's a lot of emphasis and a lot of speaking about what love is or how we should love. Let me give you an example. If you turn to Corinthians, I mean Colossians, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, it says, Since God chose you, to be the holy people he loves. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Mm. So we see in this passage in Colossians that there are two things that affect the strength and the vitality of the church. The first is forgiveness. And Pastor Brian has already talked to us about forgiveness. So go back. If you haven't seen this message about three weeks ago, he teached an amazing message about releasing forgiveness to people. And he talked mm. about that we, as we release forgiveness, we give thanks to God, we give up our burdens, we give a praise, and we bless the person in prayer who has hurt us, mm. who has hurt our feelings, who has said something unkind or did something that was disappointing. That's what forgiveness is. But also love. Love affects the strength of the church. Let me read it to you again. It says, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So as the holy people that are loved by God, we are called to so love people that it appears that we wear love. That, mm -hmm. And then that love creates a united church. And what I love the most about this passage is that it says, clothe yourself with love. That means it's a conscious choice. Just like the choice of the clothes you put on today, we have to choose, we have to decide to love people. Mm. Let me give you another example. If you go to Ephesians chapter four, it says, lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So if it isn't clear to you before, it should be clear now, you are called by God, your life has a purpose. And part of your purpose is loving people. Yeah. We are called to be humble and gentle and patient and forgive and make allowance for each other's faults because of the love that we have, the love of God that we've experienced. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting, what's really interesting about this love, it's not your typical love, not the love that Hollywood presents or the media presents. This is a special, strengthening kind of love that's manifested as love, as its patience and kindness and gentleness and humility and forgiveness and forbearance. This is the kind of love that Jesus is talking about that strengthens the church. And that is why he said in John chapter 13, verse 34, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. 
At this point in the Bible, in the, in the process of the world even being, love existed, but Jesus brought a new kind of love to the earth. He loved people that people wouldn't ordinarily love. He was friends with tax collectors. He, he touched lepers. He healed people who were on the fringes. Mm. And that is the kind of love, that strong love, that patient love, that kind love, that's the kind of love that is the new commandment that Jesus is talking about. And this call, this command to Jesus, that Jesus gives us, is, it's, it's different. He's not calling us just to love people who love us or people who like us or people who think like us or people who dress like us or people who look like us or speak the same language as us. No, he's calling us to love, period, full stop. There is no one that we should not be loving. It's challenging, right? (laughs) Very challenging because what we want to do is we want to love people who like us. Mm -hmm. We like to be liked. I like to be liked. We like to be liked. So that's who we want to like and who we want to love. And that's not what Jesus is calling us to. He wants us to set aside what we want to do, which is withdraw from people who are unkind to us or even hurt people who have been unkind to us. That's, yeah. not, that's not love at all. That's not the kind of love that Jesus is talking about. Yeah. But I have to admit, Lynn, this kind of love doesn't always feel good. Mm-mm. It's hard. It's challenging. It's not going to feel like you're walking on sunshine in the clouds, sliding on rainbows, eating chocolate, smelling roses. Love is not like that. Not real love. Not the love that Jesus is talking about here. Mm. This kind of love is a conscious choice that we have to make. We have to clothe ourselves every day and say, Jesus, I'm going to love like you have called me to love today. Mm. So now... I'm sure that I've kind of hammered you down with the strength of this love now. I'm sure you're asking, what is it you can do? Or where are we? What do we do now? How am I supposed to walk in this love? How can I do this? How can we do it, Lynn? Good question. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I loved what you said, though, Crystal, about um, clothing ourselves and with that, with the love of God, because it makes me think I'm dating myself, but um, there's a Christian artist, Don Francisco, and he sings a song that says, love isn't love isn't a feeling, it's an act of your will. And that's exactly what you're talking about. It's that choice that we have to make. So for us to love with the love of Jesus, we need to experience or encounter the love of God personally for ourselves. Christian author and speaker Susie Larson talks about how we can't impart what we don't possess. Mm. So encountering the love of God enables us to love as he does. 1 John 4, 7 says, love comes from God. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. We heard a pastor just this week speak on this very thing, and he said, we love others as a grateful response to the love we have received from Jesus. We love because the love of Jesus teaches us how to love others. So what do we mean when we say encountering the love of God? The word encounter means to come upon face to face. And I remember us having conversations about this and we were just like, yes, that sounds really good to like encounter the the face of God, to have that face to face encounter with him. And then we were like, no, I don't know if that does sound like it's a really good idea. It sounds scary sometimes, right? And it it can, it can be a bit um, daunting or uncomfortable or or even maybe feel a bit more vulnerable than we're comfortable with because we're afraid maybe that Jesus is going to see all this stuff, right? Our flaws and our failures. But what we need to remember is that he already knows. Yeah. 
He already sees them all, right? And he's so patient mm. with us because at the end of the day in this whole thing about encountering God's love, God is after our hearts. Right. That is what he wants, our hearts. And he's so patient with us. He'll, he'll wait for us. Mm. So when we know what his love looks like, when we've had a taste of the love of God, we are better equipped then to answer the call and the command to love others because encountering the love of God enables us to love like he does. So let's unpack that a little bit. I've been learning more and more that the love of God is foundational to our relationship with him. And along with that, having that healthy and healed view yeah. of God and having a healthy and healed view of how God sees us, those are two crucial building blocks in our relationship right. with him. They're foundational. They are what sets us up to encounter his love. And it's, and it able, it's crucial also for us then to love like he does. Christian author and speaker Lisa Turkhurst, quote from her book, Uninvited, says, live from the abundant place that you are loved. So the love of God is what anchors us, mm. and it's the place that we live from. Mm. So what does God's love really look like? So as Crystal has already said, we talk about what the love of the world looks like. It's very conditional, right? right? And Jesus' love doesn't look anything like that. Jesus' love is uncommon, right? It's unconditional. It's not based on what we do or what we don't do. It's not based on if I do something perfectly or imperfectly. There is nothing we can do that would make him love us less, mm. and there's nothing we can do that would make him love us more. Mm. And we have proof of that in the Bible where it says in Romans 5, verse 8, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. Amen, is right. While we were still sinners, so we were a mess. We didn't have it all together. That kind of love is unfathomable. I was afraid to say that word. I didn't know if I was gonna say it the right way. It's just, it's, it's so unconditional. God's love towards us is generous, it's abundant, it's everlasting and endless and kind and tender and compassionate. It's sympathetic, it's gracious, it's thoughtful, it's merciful, it's forgiving, mm. it's patient, and it's steadfast. Mm. Those are just a few things Amen. about the love of God. But as I was thinking about that, I was also wondering, well, what has other people's experiences been with the love of God? Has it been a positive experience? Is it a negative experience? So I surveyed some people and I asked that question. And the answers that I got back for the most part were positive, right? But even though people were very grateful for the love of God, understood the love of God, a common phrase that I saw or that I received was, the struggle of that I know God loves me here, mm. having that intellectual head knowledge, but I struggle, it's hard for me to receive it here. And that's the encounter, the experience 
part of it. And that was the struggle right. for me as well, a definite struggle. Encountering the love of God looks like when the truth of God up here shifts from a head knowledge to a heart experience. Right. And that's where transformation takes place. It's one thing to know that we are loved. It's another thing to believe, mm. to believe it, to engage our faith and function and live out of that place. So I just wonder what, what your experience of God has been. Just take a moment to think about that. Hmm. It's interesting, Lynn, is that that shift from intellectual knowledge to that heart encounter with the love of God is a struggle, I believe, because we struggle with our own worthiness hmm. to receive the love of God. We cannot believe that a generous, kind, compassionate, merciful, and patient God who knows everything could possibly love us unconditionally like you were yeah. saying. But you know, there's help, there's hope, there's proof here in the word of God. If you mm -hmm. look in 1 John chapter four, there's a whole section about love and loving others and also in chapter three as well. And what it reveals is that as we have surrendered our lives to Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and he is proof of our relationship with God, a loving God, God mm -hmm. our Father, the living God. And Holy Spirit helps us to know that God loves us and also teaches us what it looks like to trust in the love of God. But love is not just what God does, it's mm. who he is. Yeah. God is love. Mm. So when we say that, what we're saying is that the attributes of God, we're talking about patience and kindness and mm. humility and gentleness, those are a perfect expression of his love for us. Mm. That is how he shows us he loves us. So when we say we need to encounter the love of God, what we're actually saying is that we need to come face to face mm -hmm. with specific attributes of God that draw us into his love or help us to become into a deeper, more intimate relationship with him. The love of God, the, the love that God is, looks like those attributes that we experience, right? Mm -hmm. those, those things that we know to be true about God. But the love about God, and this is the most amazing thing, it's not a general God loves you all, like, is everyone. God loves everyone. It's true, he does. But his love for us is personal. Mm. It's, it's specific. It's like when Jesus told the parable of the lost sheep, he talked about that, that shepherd that left all the, that flock to find the one. Each one of us is the one. Yeah. God loves us each individually. He loves us as if there were only one of us. And in the greatness of his love, he pursues us so that we can experience his love for us. Mm. So let me, let me just be more specific. God loves you. God loves you specifically, Lynn. God loves you, Karen, and you, Amber, and Peter. God loves you in Waterbury and Taryn and who else is in Waterbury? We've got... Pastor Brian Cerrone and his wife, Victoria, God loves you. And in New Milford, we got Andy and Mandy. We've got Tim and John. God loves you in Derby, Katie and Brandon and Joshua and Allie. And online, God loves you, Beverly and Franny and Jessica and David. God loves you specifically. Mm. And what I really wish I could do is like look at each and every one of you and like stare you in the face and say, God loves you. And like, have you really internalized what that means? Because God really does love each of us mm. personally. He knows how to meet us in our needs in the way that would kind of hit our hearts, the tender place in our heart, he knows how to access. That's mm. how specifically God loves us. Mm. But he meets us not just so we can encounter his love and feel the goodness that it feels to be loved by God. No, he encounters us so we can be transformed and we can do what Jesus commands and go out and love other people. But what's really interesting is that as we talked, we noticed that, you know, God loves us both differently. 
Mm-hmm. Like, because of that specificness of his love, because of that personalness of his love, he, he shows it to us differently. So we mm-hmm. had a discussion and we thought it would be helpful to share because maybe you have never experienced or you think you've never experienced the love of God. We want to share what it looks like for us, two very different people, mm-hmm. to experience the love of God. So what does encountering and experiencing the love of God look like for you, Lynn? Yeah, I love that. I mean, that really hit me, Crystal, when you just said that, that God knows exactly what's going to get our attention, right? right? I love that. So the most, the most impactful way that I've encountered the love of God, it's been about 15 years now, but it was through his word. And forgive me if some of you have heard me share this before, but it's just so personal to me. And I feel like just really a moment in my life where it just changed the course of my life. Um, I was reading God's word in Galatians 1.15, where it says, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. And then in Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And those are so impactful to me because as a young child and a young adult, I lived most of my life with insecurity and fear of rejection to the point at times where it was paralyzing Mm. to me. And reading those scriptures in that personal way, Jesus knew just how to get my attention. I encountered the love of God for me personally and in such a profound way because all I knew to be true in my heart shifted. Sorry, all that I knew to be true in my head got birthed in my heart. I encountered the love of God in such a powerful way by him saying to me, I knew you, I chose you, and I set you apart long before. And that's what stuck out to me so much, was that God's word says, he knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. And so for that to have happened, God has to place value and worth on our life. That's how he met me so perfectly in that moment. And I believe that transformation that took place was that I engaged my faith in that moment and I chose to believe what God's word said was true for me. My heart received that great and immeasurable worth and value that he placed on me. God's love isn't based on me. It's not based on you. It's simply placed on me and it's simply placed on us. And that's the place from which we should live. He longs to give us a fresh revelation of who he is and his love for us every day. We need to be seeking it, we need to be looking for it, and we need to have the faith to believe that what God's word says is true Amen. for us. Amen. What about you, Crystal? What does it look like for you? So I, when I've encountered God, I think the way, the pattern that I've seen in my life is that he sees me. Mm. And it's really, it was really important to me. That's that tender spot in my heart. Yeah. I want to be seen. And there was a time in my life when I believed in Jesus. I was reading my Bible. I was praying. But I was really living for myself. I didn't really ask the Lord, what's your will? I kind of did the things that I wanted to do. But I was unhappy and lonely. And I wondered, is this it? Is this all there is? Is this, I've grown up, I have this job. Is this all there is to life? Mm. And so I had this question. I prayed this desperate prayer. I was like, God, if you hear me. If you see me, if you care about me, Mm. I need to hear from you. I need to know that you are real. 
And so in a series of events, I ended up at church with my mother and I heard a message that I knew was just for me. Yeah. It's from um, Mark chapter 10 about blind Bartimaeus and he, he calls out to Jesus from the side of the road and Jesus stops and turns and asks him what he wants and he wants to be healed. I felt like Jesus turned in that moment mm. to, and looked at me and asked me, what do you want? I'm like, I wanna be healed, I wanna be whole. And in that moment, I just, I resurrendered my life to Jesus. I said, I'm going to live for you because you saw me and you know me and you, and you have the best for me. Mm. And then I, like I said, I began to see this as a pattern in my life. I've, time and again, when I'm in hard places or in hard circumstances and I, I don't, don't think I can hear from the Lord, he, he shows up as I read my word, as I, as I pray, as someone in my life, someone like you, Lynn, comes and speaks to me and says the exact thing, the exact encouragement that I need deep in my heart to help me to keep going and keep doing the things that God has called me to do. And I didn't know that there was a name for this until actually I came to this church. I was in prayer servant training back in 2011. And we were talking about Hagar, who's a servant of Sarah and the mother of Ishmael. And in Genesis chapter 16, she says, you are the God who sees me. Have I truly seen the one who sees me? She was in the wilderness and God saw her. So it made me Feel and know that when I'm in the wilderness, God sees me. I'm not alone. He'll provide water for me and he'll yeah. provide whatever it is I need because he's the God who sees me specifically. Mm -hmm. And he sees you specifically too. God is amazing because he can do all of that at the same time. Mm -hmm. He literally can <laughs> see me and you at the same time. And, and God doesn't just want to see us and to love us from far away and for us to even see him and love him from far away. He doesn't want mm -hmm. us to put our arms up and keep a distance, he wants us to draw near to him. Mm. He wants us to experience his love in a way that is intimate, like face to face, like putting your hands on your face and daughter, mm. I love you, son, I love you. He, mm. he wants us to be changed by the compassionate and intense love that he has for us. So this love mm. that Jesus has, this, this unconditional love, doesn't leave you as you are. We keep talking about this encounter leads to transformation because it does transform you. And then you wanna go out and tell everybody about it when you've really and truly had that intimate moment with the Lord. We are transformed so we can fulfill that command of Jesus in our lives. Mm. That's the only way, that's the only way that we can do it. So let's go back to that question, why love? Well, we love because it's a commandment from Jesus. He's called us to choose to love others mm. in the way that he does, a love that's patient and kind, a love that's humble and gentle, a love that forgives, and a love that never fails. We're commanded to love because this kind of love strengthens us as church. But also this kind of love shows others that we are disciples of Jesus, that we are Christ followers. And that, and that changes the world actually. Mm -hmm. We're called to love because this love transforms average broken people like us mm -hmm. into reflections of the glory of God in the world. We can be changed and then go to change. That is what this new commandment that Jesus was talking about is all about. Mm. But to share the love of God, like we've been saying, we have to encounter it. And we have to come face to face with the love of God. And admittedly, we have to say, this is not always gonna be easy. It will get messy, it will get painful. But the more we live in God, the more we position ourselves to encounter his love, the more we will be changed, the more we will know what to do and how to love other people in the way that Jesus has called us to love. Mm. And then our love becomes more perfect. It says that in 1 John chapter four. We become a closer reflection of the love of God for us. And this gives us the strength to keep going. So now 
We want you to leave here with something. We want you to go and be challenged this week. Mm. So I want to challenge you from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14. It says, do everything with love. That means make love your main agenda. That means what you think, what you do, what you say, anything should be viewed through the lens of the love of Jesus. Yeah. So another challenge um, for all of us is to be vulnerable with Jesus. Share your heart with him. Be honest with him. Maybe bring before him a painful circumstance mm. that you're w- walking through. Maybe bring before him those difficult people that are hard for you to love or somebody who's hurt you. Bring them before God. And I would even encourage you to say it out loud yeah. to him. Yeah. That changes everything. It sure does. <laughs> um, so be vulnerable with him. But the question we have is, have we stopped long enough to encounter the love of God? Because what we realized is the more we position ourselves to encounter the love of God, he continues his transformation in us. So it's more important about the encountering with Jesus because that's when he does all the work in us. And then he enables us with his power, with his strength, with his grace to love others as he does. So when was the last time you stopped long enough for a face-to-face encounter with God and to allow his love to touch and then transform your life? Well, it may feel like right now we're giving you one more thing to do. And I don't know about you, but my life is jam-packed. The fall is coming. I've got school. I've got kids and dance and taekwondo. I've got all the things. We are not asking you to do one more thing. We're asking you to stop doing the things and be still with Jesus. And he wants us to do that. And we're going to do that right now today. So I'm going to invite the worship team back up. And then I'm going to pray because we're going to begin this time of stillness. We want to focus our hearts and our minds before the Lord. And as the team plays, we're going to read you some scriptures to remind you Mm -hmm. about the love of God, what the word of God says about his love. But this really is an opportunity for you to be still and to, and to meet God just where you are today, whatever warts and all you've got, wherever you are, whatever you think or believe about the love of God, whatever your, your heart looks like today, this is your time to meet with him. And do your best right now to quiet your heart and mind because the enemy is real. He does not want us to believe in the love of God. He does not want us to trust the love of God because he knows the power of the love of God to transform us and to, so we, we can go out and transform our world. Mm. So I want you to ignore the voice in your head that might be saying right now, this is crazy. Crystal and Lynn, you've lost your minds. This is not gonna work. And ignore the voices saying, God can't love you because of whatever thing you think that you did that makes you unlovable. It's not true. In this moment, we want you to set aside your own thoughts and your agenda and lean in to receive and to encounter the love of God. So go ahead and make yourselves comfortable. I'm gonna start to pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much, Lord, for your word. And we believe what your word has said about your love. Today, we surrender all. We surrender our fear, our doubt. We surrender our suspicion, our skepticism about your love because we want to receive it right now in Jesus' name. So God, come and do only the things that only you can do. Why? Because you love us and your love is great and awesome. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is exactly 
what we are. I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. Thank you, Lord. For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then, my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. Thank you, Lord. Oh Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Thank you. God. No. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Lord, let this not be the last time that we, we stop and we pause Help us to make time during our day, one, two, three, four, however many times you call us. Woo us, Jesus, with your love. Mm -hmm. Teach us to sit at your feet and to receive your love, Jesus. Help us to remember we need these moments to be equipped to do the things that you are commanding us to do, Jesus. Mm -hmm. God, we, we can't do this without you, without your love. Help us to receive it. We open our hands and we empty them of the things, of our beliefs, of our skepticism, of our agenda, of our fear of rejection. God, we lay it at your feet and we receive your love today. And we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.